Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Day One Series for Law Students. I am still Declan Peacock and I'm joined again by Amelia Hunter. Um, and today we're going to be talking about one of the greatest unknowns being what law firms are looking for in its seasonal clerks and ultimately then its graduate lawyers and junior lawyers. So we're joined by Jessica Parker, who you may know as the face of uh, Maddox on every single recruitment webinar and online seminar in the last couple of months. Uh, she's been very busy and she's taken some time out of the recruitment process to join us today. So welcome, Jess. Thank you for having me. With about one month left to make clerkship applications, we felt it was a perfect time to hear some golden nuggets of uh, clerkship wisdom straight from the source. So for those who have been following the series, you'll remember that Declan and I shared our own Maddox clerkship experiences uh, in the first episode. But rather than pretend that Declan and I are any kind of authority on the matter, <laughs> um, we're going to be getting the inside scoop from Jess on why law students should apply for a clerkship, understanding the best way to approach applications, what recruiters are looking for in candidates and how the Maddox clerkship process operates. So how are you going? How are you um, going working from home and working remotely? I'm going to jump in before Jess gets a chance and throw her under the bus right from the start because (laughs) she has said before we started recording that she is recording this podcast from in her bed. So I take it that she's really enjoying working from home. That's just my gut feel. But <laughs> can you confirm that for us, Jess? I can confirm that our marketing team told me to sit in bed while I was recording a podcast. So I'll admit to that. I have really missed coming into the office and connecting with my teams. I'm fortunate to actually work with a group of people that I genuinely like. So things like our morning coffees and our daily interactions I miss. Having said that, though, I do live about an hour and a half away from the city. So I've regained three hours a day in travel time, which has meant that I can spend more time at home with my boys. And also, too, in the first few weeks of lockdown before Easter, I guess I ate my body weight worth of Easter eggs. So in the (laughs) second half of that lockdown, I decided to go on a bit of a health kick and I'm hoping to keep this going during our 2.0 lockdown in Melbourne now. Excellent. Yeah, my commute's only about half an hour, I think. And even that time you really notice having it back. So that longer commute just must give you so much extra time in the day. But we digress. So for starters, just we'd like to know a bit about you, your background and how long you've been with Maddox, what your role is in the the people and culture team and, and that sort of thing. I work in the Melbourne office and I look after the seasonal clerk recruitment as well as our clerkship and graduate programs. Um, We have a good sized team in our Melbourne office, which is made up of the business partners that support our practice teams. And then we also have our national teams in learning development, talent acquisition and the diversity inclusion teams that operate out of the Melbourne office as well. So obviously the recruitment side of things with the seasonal clerks is a pretty significant part of your role. Um, is that a, have you had a background in recruitment or in the legal industry or what sort of what sort of background have you come from? I started out my career in a mailroom in a large mid-tier accounting firm and then I progressed into a an EA role working with a COO and some consultants. That was my first start 
in a professional services firm. Um, I then had some time out after having my first child. And then when my second child came along, I took a career break for about five years. And for me, it was the right decision to be at home with the boys. And I'm really thankful that I had that time. It's really only been in the last two to three years that my focus has really returned to developing my own career. I joined my first legal firm three years ago in a bit of a dual EA HR admin role. And I knew fairly on early on that a career in HR really was for me. So I was lucky enough to join Maddox in their people and culture team and I really haven't looked back. What the clerks might not realise is how uh, involved you are in the grads as well and I think that's something that's really um, uh, really valuable in building the relationship. You know, it's kind of like you go through the, the process with your clerkship coordinator and then you, you build on that relationship in your grad year. So that continuity of the relationship and of your role there is um, really valuable and really important. How does the legal industry uh, differ from your past industries in terms of recruitment? I do genuinely enjoy working with lawyers, but I've had a fairly similar experience in the accounting firm that I worked for. And they had the same number of employees that we have at Maddox today. So it's been quite an easy transition for me to move from accounting over to legal. And I think what I enjoy the most about that professional services environment is just the structure and the work environment. And I really do enjoy building relationships with people and and helping people move into their areas of focus and achieve their goals for their career and that's what makes me really excited mm. and then then your your role in the clerkship process itself is it's obviously really quite unique to the professional services and, and ultimately law firms themselves it's quite a unique beast obviously to the people that are applying it's important because they want a job and they want to work at these firms but from the firm's perspective and from your perspective how important is it for Maddox to, to have the clerkship process be really successful sort of for the long term what's the what's the value for it for the firm the clerkship program for us is really designed to build out our graduate pool and then for us to take those graduates and see them have long and successful careers at Maddox I think from the student's perspective the clerkship process of itself is such a great opportunity for you to try on for size what different firms are like if you're fortunate enough to receive multiple clerkship offers. Although it's only a four-week experience, it really does give you an idea of what working life is like in a firm. And if you haven't had that experience up to that point, it gives you practical, hands-on, tangible experience of what life will look like post-university. At Maddox, I think One of the things that I like is that we offer the two rotations in practice teams during that four-week clerkship program. So you can Mm. experience what work people do, who their clients are, um, and learn whether your interests that you've had during university really translate into the real-world practice or perhaps it can just give you the opportunity to have a new perspective on an area of law that you hadn't considered as something that could be for you in the future. I think I said it in the first episode that we recorded that I really love the the two rotations. So I completely uh, echo your thoughts on that one. Yeah, definitely. And look, especially in terms of networking and getting to know people around the firm and the different work that uh, the firm undertakes, it's just so, so valuable. How many uh, applications would you get a year for the clerkships? We receive about 550 applications in our Melbourne office each year. In Sydney, that's around the 400 plus mark and then around the 100 mark in Canberra as well. It's challenging to choose a handful of clerks from that pool. Um, But we do have 
quite a lot of criteria that we use to assess someone's suitability to receiving an interview and then an offer to participate in one of our clerkship programs. On that point, this is the the hardest question that no one will ever get a straight answer to, but I'm going (laughs) to ask you now, is there a cutoff grade average that is considered by HR? Is that a thing? Does that exist? Or is it one of many other factors and it's sort of there's no hard and fast rule? I can say we don't have a cutoff specifically. We do understand that from time to time you may not achieve the results that you'd hoped for in a particular subject. So my advice to you is in this instance, so long as this isn't a recurring pattern and you can show or demonstrate that you've you've improved your marks or you've learnt from a bad experience, that's what's really important to highlight during this process. Can you give us an insight into what else Maddox considers? We obviously look for well-rounded applicants and I think that that's something that a lot of us in HR talk to. But what we're talking about in this instance is there are lots of capabilities and values that we look for in our clerks. Firstly, we want to see that students have completed their research. They understand who we are, what our values are, who our clients are, what we stand for. And then we look to see things like, do you have people skills? Do you have great communication skills? We talk specifically about having a commitment to excellence. So do you have attention to detail? Can you show that you have great technical or research or analytical skills? And then to look beyond that, into a customer service perspective. We have clients that we need to service on a daily basis. So can you demonstrate that you have great customer service skills, um, whether that be through any work or voluntary experience that you've had? And then I guess finally too, we look for people that are resilient. So can you receive feedback well? Can you work under pressure? They're really the most important things that we look for. And those those factors there, that are looked at, I sort of, what I'm going to get at here is how much of a role does the, the partnership have in setting those sort of recruitment expectations or is it the clerkship level it's predominantly HR or is there is our partnership really actively involved in, in sort of setting those criteria for the clerks and actively involved in the recruitment process at that early stage? Our partners have given us the capabilities and the values that we want to align our candidates with. So we are really looking for people that know who our firm is, who our clients are and what we do. We want to see that clerks have great people skills, that they're able to build relationships with people, that they have great self-awareness, that they accept feedback well. We want to see that they've got that strong commitment to improving themselves and then also demonstrate that awareness of their community as well. So really our values inform many of the things that we like to see in our applicants. You know, if I'm a prospective clerk and I've got all of those, I check all of those boxes, which Jess, you know, man, you know that that, that's true. And I (laughs) I do check all of those boxes. So I've done a fantastic cover letter. I've put my application in. I've got through the next round. What's the the process like from that point forward? How's it working at the minute, Um, particularly with the distancing restrictions around coronavirus, but then also more generally, what does the, what do you sort of try and eke out of that recruitment process? So this year will be slightly different to what previous years have looked like. So what it means is that a number of the events that we would have held face-to-face with our clerkship applicants are now going to be conducted virtually. Once all of the applications are submitted and we've reviewed all of those applications, we'll then narrow that down to a group of clerks that will be invited to attend a virtual 
information evening with us where you just get to take a deeper dive into understanding who we are as a firm. You'll hear from our CEO and some of our graduate partners who can talk to what their experience has been like in the firm. Those candidates will move through to an interview with us, which again, in this period of time does need to be conducted virtually. And then following that interview process, we'll then bring everybody back together to just have an informal networking event where we can open the floor up to any questions that perhaps we haven't answered through the information evening or in that interview time as well. But we still want to do the very best that we can to make sure that all of our applicants have a great experience, regardless of whether we're virtual or whether we're in person. Yeah, I don't know if the... Uh, virtual process is better or worse this year because I do distinctly remember coming up the lift at, at Collins Square to our our floors of the building and being extremely nervous and sort of sweating through my my suit sh- my shirt and wondering if you know how it was going to go. Part of me thinks that it'll be sort of in a way it'll be easier to be virtual because you could be in your own home and be comfortable and you're not looking to see what everyone else is who they're talking to or what they're doing. But I also think that you know, the couple of drinks that you get when you come to these functions and the arancini that they, the caterers put on for us is, is almost, you know, way, it outweighs being nervous. So I, I'm interested to get your thoughts, Amelia, on whether you, you like the classic first experience of corporate hospitality or whether you'd be more comfortable from the, the comfort of your own home. Yeah, I think the only way to do it is to um, buy your own arancini balls and a couple of drinks and maybe that'll <laughs> help. But Jess, can you give us some insight into virtual interviews and how the process is working virtually? I think one of the things that you need to remember when you get to that interview stage, at that point, that's where we want to dialogue with you and where we really want to get to know who you are. But It's also an opportunity for you to ask us in an even smaller setting what you would like to know about us. All of the the interviews will be completed over Skype. So remember too that we're also in a position where it's important for us to put our best foot forward and we haven't got you in our nice shiny offices with the Arantini balls as well. So um, we're also looking to put our best foot forward to you and showcase just who we are as well. The only tip I would also stress to you too is just make sure that you find a comfortable and quiet space while you're being interviewed. Shut off any email or, or notifications that you might have that could distract you and just remember that it is a dialogue for the most part we'll want to hear from you and we're going to ask you some questions so we can just take a deeper dive into the work experience that you've had and other life experiences that you can contribute to to us as well. And I think I, I hadn't realised it before I started at Maddox on a full-time basis that the, the process is about as much about Maddox being on show as it is about the law students. And, you know, these this process is really important for the firm, so we want to put our best foot forward. And that sort of flows into feedback from, from the clerks. I know I've spoken about process works and how it's really good but I'm just interested to know sort of out of my own curiosity as much as anything that obviously Maddox want to do the right thing and want to put their best foot forward in terms of feedback from clerks is there the option for the the clerks once they've done their clerkship to give that feedback and and how is sort of any negative feedback or criticism how has that been received in terms of job prospects because I know there is that sort of power imbalance I'm just curious to know how that works. I think one thing that's important to always remember is that feedback is meant to be a two-way street. Um, It's important to have conversations. And then if you're delivering something that's negative, it's important that the person's receiving that actually gives it some thought. I think it's really helpful and can be 
constructive to give feedback if you haven't had a positive experience. And certainly from our perspective, we're absolutely open to that. A really good example, actually, is we just undertook our first virtual clerkship because we needed to change the way that happened this year. And throughout the entire process, we reaffirmed to the clerks that were participating in the program, please let us know how you're feeling, what you think of the program, because we want to inform our future virtual clerkships if we do need to undertake those in the future. And we're all on a learning curve and this is the the opportunity for you to help us make things better in the future. Our, our coronavirus situation has really sort of escalated at the time of recording this podcast. Um, is the expectation that that will be the, the first clerkship of this next round will be uh, virtual or are you anticipating that there'll be a the ability for those clerks to be coming back into the office or is it just too up in the air? I think at this stage it is quite difficult to actually make a call on whether it will or won't be virtual. For our July clerks that just came through with us, we had hoped that for some of the the time we could actually have them in the office and then we went back to our stage three restrictions. So I think we'll need to be informed by the restrictions that we have in place at the time. But I think as a whole, the virtual clerkship experience we just had was a lot more successful than perhaps what we had thought and what also the clerks had thought too. We all embraced that challenge and although it has been a very different experience to what the face-to-face clerkship is like. The clerk still got to meet a lot of people from around the firm and be involved in undertaking work within the practice teams. Essentially, we just moved all of our sessions online. And what was really exciting for me was to see how each member of the firm and all of the partners that presented to the clerks, they actually translated really well the culture of Maddox. And I feel like the clerks went away really understanding who we are and what a great bunch of people we are to work with. I had a had the chance to speak to some of the clerks, uh, meet with them and have virtual coffee catch-ups. And, you know, it's never going to be the same as sitting at Barcode and having a latte, but it was still, I still felt like we, we connected. Virtual or non-virtual, Jess, what kind of training sessions do the clerks do and what does a typical clerking day look like? I think there's probably four things that really highlight the program and that's that we try and combine our training sessions which are your IT and technology training, your research training with development sessions. So we undertake a plain language course with you. We talk through um, how to communicate with confidence. We have group activities and challenges where you can actually put the skills that you've learned in that time into practice. The fourth thing would be to say that we introduce you to our people. So each of our partners across the different practice teams actually catch up with the clerks in a one on 10 or one on 12, depending on how many clerks there are at the time. And a really good chat about the work that they undertake in their practice area, but also to allow the clerks to ask them any questions that they'd like to as well. We even have a session with our CEO First, just just meet our CEO, but then also to ask very real and genuine questions. Um, Then the fourth component to the program is really the practice team time. So we try and allow you enough time to work within the practice team so you can get a real good grasp of what your experience would look like in the real world if you were to settle in one of those teams. 
I remember distinctly the session with the CEO and I think it took 20 minutes of the 30 before anyone plucked up the courage to ask a question. But then after that, it was a free for all. So that was a really, it was a terrifying session at the start. But then when, once you talk to Michelle, uh, who's our current CEO, you realize pretty quickly that she's pretty down to earth. And the questions were actually, that was one of the more valuable sessions of the clerkship. I remember once we were all plucked up the confidence to ask a question. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And even in this most recent clerkship, Michelle shared her Negroni recipe with all of the clerks <laughs> on the first Friday night. And so they were able to take away that recipe for the week um, and have a go at it themselves, which is really sweet. <laughs> I was on a networking night not too long ago and I had some law students ask me that they'd said that we're not really at the position of applying yet because we're sort of only a couple of years into our degree. But what sort of things should we be doing? And I, the first thing I thought was, wow, you're a thousand steps ahead of me where I, when I was at that stage <laughs> of my degree because I had no idea that clerkships even existed, but also that I, I sort of didn't really have a really solid answer. So do you have any advice on those listeners that we might have that might be a few years off that that process that still want to sort of get themselves in a good position to be able to meet those sort of things that we look for? I think it's really important to start your network really early on in your law career be curious, ask questions of people. And it's really important to attend those university events. Many of the major law firms sponsor these events just to attend. So you have the opportunity to hear from a number of firms and some will really resonate with you. And I'd encourage you to be really curious and and seek them out and start to make connections and ask people questions. It's even helpful to hear from people that are two or three or four years down the track. Ask them why they settled at a particular firm, what area of law they practice in and why. And you can make those connections at those university events. The other thing I would encourage you to do is just have a look at what you're doing outside of university at the moment too. So have you got a part-time job where you can start to build on some of those skills and experiences that you can then talk to during a clerkship process? Are you involved in any extracurricular activities that demonstrate that you're able to help others or that you've volunteered your time or that you've contributed to a group or a team activity. Start to think now about how you can prepare the way for the years ahead when you come to applying for a clerkship. Absolutely. That sounds like really good advice, Jess. In closing, can you give us a maybe a final golden nugget of clerkship wisdom <laughs> to um, send our prospective clerks on their way? Um, Look, I can't really stress enough how important it is to be really genuine and be yourself. It is really exciting to see somebody who is just passionate about wanting to pursue a career in the law, who knows where they'd like to go, has ambitions and is really able to express that my my golden nugget. And it's it's very, very simple, but please make sure that you proofread all of your applications um, you really don't want to stand out for all the wrong reasons and it's so disheartening when you're reading through a document and then you see that somebody has written the wrong firm name in their letter or they've addressed it to the wrong person keep things simple make sure you proof proofread your work and just a hundred percent be yourself because that's what we're looking for 
thanks so much to Jess for joining us and for laying down the law, so to speak, when it comes to flagships. Oh, oh, bomb, bomb. <laughs> almost got the whole way through without a problem. <laughs> <on>. Nearly. <laughs> so close. Uh, so <laughs> thanks to Jess and thanks for all our listeners. We hope that you've learned something and that we've uh, given you a bit of an insight into the Maddox clerkship process. And just before I forget, uh, head over to wherever you listen to your podcasts and like and subscribe to us. Uh, to keep updated with any future episodes that we do release.